We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, Marty Schottenheimer went with an elite quarterback for a small amount of time. It didn't work. He goes back to his bread and butter, which is kind of, you know, limited quarterbacks. And it was enough to get them to 13 wins. Now, is it enough to win in the playoffs? I think in the case of the Chiefs, the answer has been no. I mean, you need Len Dawson and Patrick Mahomes to win your Super Bowls. It's January 96, Colts at Chiefs. This is Remember That Game, the podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and just maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Emmerich, and my guest is Eric Eager, Vice President of Sumer Sports and co-host with Thomas Dimitrov of the Sumer Sports Show. Last time you were on, Eric, we did another game from that weekend with Green Bay upsetting the Niners. How does it feel to be back in the 95 divisional round and on the outskirts of the blizzard of 96? Yeah, it feels, uh, it feels cool. Yeah, I, I remember that game. Uh, Craig Newsom recovering an Adam Walker fumble. Uh, this one didn't have nearly as much scoring, uh, but it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I actually remember where I was when, when the, all, this, uh, all this madness went down. So uh, it, it's fun to be back. Colts were without Tony Saragusa and Marshall Falk, but with the way these teams were built, and the sub-zero wind chill. Was there a counter anywhere for you to run and grab uh, Indy with the points and the uh, under 41 and a half? What was your uh, access at that time? Oh, I was probably like nine years old, so I, I certainly didn't have access to any of that. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it takes you back to a time, though. I don't, I, I can't imagine there's another game. Uh, we all call this the Lynn Elliott game in Kansas City, but uh, Kerry Blanchard. I forgot Kerry Blanchard had missed two of the three kicks that he was charged with making. Uh, you know, it just it's funny what what you remember, you don't remember. The Lynn Elliott's legacy did it boost him in retrospect a little bit? The conditions that day. So I don't think so because if you look at Lynn Elliott's career, this is actually like the the second in a a string of like just badness for Elliott. So he was the the Cowboys kicker in 1992 um and as a rookie he won the super bowl and he made 68.7 percent of his kicks which was bad back in the day he missed some extra points in fact in 1995 for the chiefs he missed three extra points uh he missed five career uh 20 yard extra points which is funny um in four years uh but in 1993 the first two games of the season uh he missed um enough kicks for with the Dallas to start 0 and 2 
everybody remembers the 1993 year because Emmett Smith sat out with a contract holdout. Dallas started that season 0-2. They signed Emmett Smith to the contract he wanted. They end up going up. You know, Emmett wins league MVP. They win the Super Bowl. But they also cut their kicker, uh, Lynn Elliott, that day um, and, and went with Eddie Murray, uh, which which was funny because Lynn, of course, uh, you know, then goes to Kansas City, has a pretty solid year in 2000 or 1994, uh, 83% of his kicks. And then even in the regular season in 95 it, it, for a Chiefs team that won 13 games, uh, hit 80% of his field goals. And so it really like he just had a couple meltdowns in his career and, and, and it was you know curtains for him. They had a pretty great studio for this one. Mike Ditka, who had coached Jim Harbaugh recently, and Joe Montana, who had Steve Bono as his understudy. Ditka second-guessed Marty Schottenheimer, said if my kicker was missing kicks down the stretch, there's no way I would have been playing him. Marty Schottenheimer's legacy, do you think he gets unfair evaluation due to guys missing kicks? I think Marty, you know, you, you get to where you get to because of the things you value, right? So when Schottenheimer got to 89, you know, to the Chiefs in 89, he had Ron Jaworski and Steve DeBerg at quarterback. And then they went with DeBerg in, in 90 and 91 and nine, and then Dave Craig in 92. And so your, your caretaker quarterbacks, that's who you're really valuing. And, you know, 93, 94, of course, they went with Montana with, with Bono behind him and you know, funnily, you know, they, they, they go 11-5 and five in 93, uh, win a playoff game. In fact, this, you know, Chiefs loss at Arrowhead against the Colts was the beginning of them losing basically every home playoff game from 1993 to 2018 uh, when Patrick Mahomes beat the Colts uh, in Arrowhead to break the streak. Um, and they go with Bono. Now, Bono was 20th in the NFL in passer rating. He did make a Pro Bowl. Um uh, with with that 95 Chiefs team, but it was sort of this idea of like, oh, you know, Marty Schottenheimer went with an elite quarterback for a small amount of time. It didn't work. He goes back to his bread and butter, which is kind of, you know, limited quarterbacks. And it was enough to get them to 13 wins. Now, is it enough to win in the playoffs? I think in the case of the Chiefs, the answer has been no. I mean, you need Len Dawson and Patrick Mahomes to win your Super Bowls and everybody else has fallen short. So, I think Schottenheimer engineered an excellent decade of football in Kansas City, but it was always sort of capped off by the quarterbacks that he chose to go with. Yeah, you see a bit on the Chiefs' first offensive drive in the game. They get third and six from the Colts' 40. Steve Bono has this great pocket in front of him. Carl Peterson, Marty Schottenheimer had done a pretty good job drafting, developing Tim Grunhardt in the second, Will Shields in the third, Dave Sott in the seventh. Still no pressure, plenty of space to step up. And Bono hits Kimball Anders in the flat, one yard, punt from the 39, touchback. The conditions are rough this day, but how does this have you feeling about Marty Ball and the Hackett offense for 0-0 for a little bit here? It's so funny because in the league in the league back then, like it was just impossible to throw in these kind of conditions. And it's harder still, of course, but with glove technology the way it is and just like the how much better passers are. It's it's not impossible anymore. And I think that, you know, when you think about this particular game, like they're just weren't completing passes. I mean, both Bono and Harbaugh, everybody looks at Harbaugh, you know, his performance during this Colts playoff stretch that continued into championship game. Um, but both both starting quarterbacks were under 50 percent in this game. And it just to me, it was just like you're watching this game. And you're like you're 
you're either going to have to run the football. Uh, there was an interesting stat that they talked about at the beginning of this game. The Chiefs were the only team in the top 10 in the NFL in rushing yards without a 1,000-yard back, and they were first in the NFL in rushing. Um, and, and it felt like they didn't lean in too much. You know, Allen did have 94 yards, um, but they only gave 26 carries to running backs in the game. Uh, you know, but neither team could really throw, and it was very clear from the very beginning. Harbaugh ended up with nine rushes. His uh, receivers and tight ends combined for eight catches. The Chiefs receivers and tight ends combined for seven. So a lot of going through the backfield on both sides. I mean, Col- Colts had Marshall Falk out, couldn't dump off to him. Chiefs have that Paul Hackett offense, and you later see it with the Nathaniel Hackett offense getting the, the running back a fair amount of targets. You'll manufacture out of the backfield. Do you think this should have played to the Chiefs' advantage more than the Colts? I think so. I, I I certainly think that, especially without Marshall Falk, like the the Chiefs, you know, are probably kicking themselves for having lost this game. And you know, they were a very good team, you know, going through their backs. And, and during the Bono Montana era, they never really had good wide receivers. And, and so, like you know, Lake Dawson did, does get a touchdown early in this game, but um, for the most part, like they don't have the downfield horses to really get it done. And you know, I think that would have played the Chiefs' advantage, especially being a heavy favorite here and a, and a, a fairly decent uh, team in general. As you mentioned, Bono hits Lake Dawson on a back shoulder, 17 yards down the field. The seam, quite the juxtaposition to the rest of the action we'd see from Chiefs' pass offense. Bono struggled down the stretch. Came out hot early on, 300 yards on a Monday night win against the reigning AFC champion San Diego Chargers. Rookie Tameric Vanover won that game on an overtime kick return. But the Chiefs just seemed to miss some opportunities. They have the Vanover fumble uh, on the punt return in the Colts end. And then they also have Harbaugh dead to rights on third down. Neil Smith collides with a teammate. He's out the rest of the drive. Colts lead an 18-play touchdown drive to tie it up 7-7 seven to seven on a play that looks a little like what Reed would draw up for Sky Moore and yep. Kadarius Tony faking the backfield motion one week. It's 7-7 seven, seven at that point. Do you, I remember like watching that game and being just kind of shocked that, oh wait, we're having chances to put this Colts team away and we're somehow tied. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, like they moved the football obviously by all the missed kicks, but then there was also turnovers. There was even like the end of the half where uh, Bono throws in the end zone. It looks like an interception. It gets called back, and then Lynn Elliott misses the kick right away after that. And then that that was even to the point where you know obviously Bono got lifted at the end of the game for Rich Gannon, who ended up being an MVP in the NFL. Rich Gannon, who had gotten traded by the Vikings to the Commanders in '93, was out of football all entirely in '94. Was the Chiefs' backup all year. Bono had yet to throw an interception in the first half of the game. Uh, and they just they just made enough goofs in the in you know other side of the field to only have the seven points going into the half, and then of course in the second half it transitioned to Bono throwing the ball to the other team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The approach to the quarterback position here brought to mind some things you and Thomas Dimitrov were talked about on the Sumer Sports Podcast. Colts go multiple veteran middle-class signees, Craig Erickson that year and Harbaugh the year before, Chiefs with Rich Gannon that year, Steve Bono the year before. Is this kind of approach less optimal today than it was back then? And how would you rate their strategy for that period of time? Well, it wasn't even that Craig Erickson was assigning Craig Eric. The I want to say that the Colts traded a first round pick oh, yeah. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, for Craig Erickson, which is even more insane. Yeah. Erickson, by the way, had been a an Eagles draft pick, uh, did not make the team in 91, which is funny because that Eagles team started four quarterbacks uh, when when after uh, uh, Randall Cunningham tore his ACL. He goes to Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, Erickson started um, 14 games. He was like fifth in the NFL in passer rating or something. He gets tra- and Harbaugh was Harbaugh and Don Mikowski were just okay for the '94 Colts, and so then they they traded a, a first round pick and I think another draft pick uh, for Erickson. Erickson wins the starting job, but is so bad that uh, he ends up giving way to Harbaugh, and that's how it ended up being. So. And to your like, it's funny because he wasn't even like the worst first round draft pick trade uh, for a quarterback in that decade. Like Rick Meyer went for a first uh-huh. round pick to the Bears, and like Chris Chandler uh, was traded to Tampa Bay for what ended up being the second overall pick, uh, which is crazy. So I think teams just threw a lot of numbers at the quarterback position because it wasn't as it wasn't as impactful as it used to be, and or sorry, as it is now. And you could sort of mix and match. You could go with a guy like Erickson and then go with a guy like Harbaugh and, you know, the egg on their face. Imagine today if a team traded a first-round pick for a quarterback and he only started two games for the team, or three games in the case of Erickson. Yeah. Uh, that, would, that would be, you know, uh, incredibly funny. They did not want to put Craig Erickson in the game when uh, Jim Harbaugh got banged up uh, running the ball in the second half. There was one the exchange in the sideline that was kind of wild. Dick Enberg throws to Jim Gray on the sideline. Jim Harbaugh will be all right. 
He took a shot uh, and the wind knocked out of him. Spit up a little bit of blood, but he's feeling okay. Trying to walk it off, throwing some balls. And he will return to the game. Back to you, Dick. I thought that was a very Jim Harbaugh sideline report. How do you make sense of the 95 Colts? As you mentioned, Jim Harbaugh took over for Craig Erickson. This is a bottom half of the league team in pro football reference SRS for the 95 season. And somehow they're here in the divisional round, hanging with the one seed, would end up on the doorstep of the Super Bowl eventually. How, how does this Colts team make sense? Well, I think Mark Tabrota was a good coach. I think Harbaugh had some magic to him. The defense, you know, when you when you know when you're the Colts and you pick basically, I mean, the '92 Colts just three years prior to this pick, first and second in the draft, they got Quentin Corriott, who had a big interception in that. With the second pick, Steve Etman was picked first. Um, you know, in '94 they picked second overall. They got Marshall Falk. Like, you know, the, you're always sort of picking high in the draft, and you're getting you know really premium players. At some point, it has to turn around and be and turn out and be okay, right? Jim Ayersay as GM when they moved to Baltimore, yeah. or when they moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis, Bill Tobin in 94. So 7-7, seven, seven, third quarter. Uh, Bono has a stretch where he throws three picks and passes for only 15 yards. Colts take a 10-7 lead. Marty yanks him for Rich Gannon. On the NFL primetime package, Boomer says, bringing in Rich Loose Gannon. And then you get the highlight where Gannon runs down to the 25. The sudden music shift on NFL primetime. I mean, give that producer an Emmy when, when they bring in dun-dun-dun-dun at just the right time. Just 27 years later, gets me dialed in. Gannon goes on the field to Lake Dawson. They nearly end it in their favor, uh, but they end up kicking the 42-yarder. What, what do you think about the process there uh, once they brought in Gannon and got in field range? I mean, he, he got them in range, which is great. I, I think that, unfortunately, they probably laid up too far away for a field goal. I know that they tried, obviously, to go downfield. It wasn't like they just ran the ball a few times and did all that. But I do wonder about the strength of the, the argument for kicking that long of a field goal. Because to me, uh, it, especially in that condition with the kicker who was struggling that much, it just seemed like a bad idea a league-high six straight playoff appearances for the Chiefs. Probably have a lot of hopes going to the next season. What, what was your outlook coming out of this brutal game? But, I mean, a lot, lot of good personnel that Carl Peterson brought in over the years. Yeah, I think, I mean, they didn't. They ended up losing three straight games at the end of 96, so they don't make the playoffs. 97, with Elvis Gerback, they, they went 13-3 again. They lose at home in the divisional round again after a bye. So, you know, you know, knowing with hindsight 2020, it's obviously, you know, it shouldn't be one of those things that's too overly uh, makes one too overly optimistic. Um, but, you know, and in six straight playoff appearances uh, was obviously impressive. It's just like there was always the quarterback that was probably never going. You, you were never going to be able to get there with the quarterback was was always sort of the issue, though. It, Montana being gone, you know, there's a little bit of a hope in, in Bono because of how well. He, he sort of initially played, but he fell off and up at the end. It was kind of a grind. And you know, that that's, I think, where people, you know, I don't think there was as much hope as maybe there is now, of course, obviously with Mahomes being able to, you know, host the conference title game every year. Carl Peterson had elevated the outlook for the organization over the years. At least there's that. Cut his teeth as GM in Philly. Then he went to the USFL, um, dominated there. To the Chiefs in 89 when the franchise was down bad. Hadn't won a playoff game since the early 70s. 
and wasn't even profitable. Turned things around pretty quickly. From the 70s through the 2000s, did anyone have a better sustained run as a front office exec in football than Carl Peterson? I mean, unless you count Jimmy Johnson, you know, the moves he made at Dallas, taking that team from being 15-1. and one, Very similar time, right? We remember the 1989 draft where the top five picks were, you know, Aikman, uh, Tony Mandrich, of course, was the outlier, Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, and uh, Derek Thomas. You had Derek Thomas, of course, go to the Chiefs. You had Trey Aikman go to the Dallas Cowboys. By the middle of the decade, you know, those teams were both uh, 13 and three or 12 and four, maybe Dallas was. It, it's funny, though, it, how, how much parity has become in the league. They were saying of the 22 teams with the best record in the NFL, uh, the, the graphic was at the beginning of the game, 19 of them made the Super Bowl and 15 won the Super Bowl. And, and the Chiefs were, were, were very much beginning a run of, of a streak where the best team in the NFL was not ending up in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs secondary uh, played particularly I mean, well. I mean, part of it was the, the conditions, but you know, number one defense overall that year. They had a chance to put the pedal down. They actually forced an interception on that year's top-rated passer, Jim Harbaugh, named Captain Comeback. They, they target uh, running back split out wide. Mark Collins, a veteran cornerback, eats their lunch. So a lot of the offense going through the running backs for the Colts as well, even in the pass game. Secondary coached by Herm Edwards, who Carl Peterson signed as an undrafted free agent to the Eagles back in 77 when those teams were making the playoffs every season with Vermeule. How valuable can it be for a head front office exec to have fruitful, continuing relationships with past players and organizations and how has that seemed to benefit over both the past decade, but also the decades under Carl Peterson? Yeah, I don't know. It depends upon how, how what Chiefs fans thought about what happened to Herm Edwards once he became the, the actual head coach of the team. Uh, kind of a mixed bag there. Right. I know they made the playoffs in 06. Uh, but the, yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Carl Peterson's, a, uh, you know, a football kind of legend and, and has, you know, spans you know, multiple leagues even, right? Being an executive with the USFL's Philadelphia Stars, uh, you know, they made, and they were Baltimore Stars at the end, made like three championships. Uh, it, it's, you know, when you have, you know, Jim Mora was his coach there. Like you you have just such a Rolodex when you're somebody like that and you've been involved with so many individuals um, that it, it's probably not hard to find the the best person uh, when, when you have an opening. Peterson, as a general manager and Marty Schottenheimer as a coach front office and their coaching staff in the nineties and that kind of, uh, what kind of impact do you think that's had in the league that, that Kansas city tree, Kansas city football in the 1990s? Yeah. Well, you had, um, you know, Bill Cowher was the defensive coordinator until 91. And then he was the coach for the Steelers forever. That's a really good one. I, you know, you had Hackett, Paul Hackett was kind of brought in on that side. But you also had Gunther Cunningham, who ended up being a coordinator, the coach for the Chiefs, and then the coordinator, and then actually a PFF employee by the time, right yeah. before he passed away. Um, yeah, I mean, you had, you had a lot of different, like, sort of positional coaches as well that were, that were crazy, so. You uh, had some interactions, I bet, with, like, Mike McCarthy years ago, quarterbacks coach for the Chiefs that day. Uh, between Gannon and Bono and eventually Gerback, a four-year stretch with the Chiefs through the fewest interceptions in the league. Um, how much of a feather do you think that is in his cap? And how important was it that at least the Chiefs were good at limiting uh, turnovers? Yeah, and they were they were the best team in, in turnover differential for the whole 90s and were by like 
something like 100 turnovers over the next best team. So uh, it was really important. And it's it's funny because Gerback lar- largely lost his job in Baltimore after taking over for Trent Dilfer because he turned it over too much. So a very uh, interesting, uh, you know, interesting result. So, yeah, that, that, that was that's cool. So Mike McCarthy, you know, got to coach, you know, future MVP in Rich Gannon, uh, an MVP in Aaron Rodgers, um, and then you know, briefly, or I don't know, I can't remember how briefly, but Alex Smith as the first overall pick in San Fran and Aaron Brooks in, in, in New Orleans. So kind of story career for, for Mike. This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com